G'day, Guitar Wankers. Welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. Thank you for joining us. You're still with us. Fantastic. I'm excited. I'm happy. Whoa, how rude. Oh, I can't get that now. Um, <laughs> hi, my name's Troy McCubbin. I'm your host. You have no say in it. This is Guitar Wank Podcast, episode 216. That's 216. How many hours is that? That's a shitload of hours that we, you and I will never get back. Or Bruce and Scott will never get those hours back. But, you know, what are you going to do? Because we're, uh, we're in coronavirus 2020. Uh, shit has hit the fan. And, um, yeah, what are you going to do? It's uh, crazy times, ladies and gentlemen. So crazy times calls for crazy measures. So this is another amazing Guitar Wing podcast with uh, superstar guest. You may know him from Mork and Mindy. Uh, you may know him from uh, many other TV shows. Dave Stryker, ladies and gentlemen. Dave Stryker is going to be on the show. He wasn't on Mork and Mindy, but he is a great guitar player from New York. All these New York cats are coming on the show now. It's like they've got nothing better to do than just sit around and fucking go on podcasts. Well, good on you, Dave. We're stoked to have you, mate. Really awesome to have you on the show. Dave, if you don't know Dave Stryker, he's always got number one albums in the jazz world. So uh, fucking check him out. Uh, I'm going to play a track after my little intro. Little intro. And, um, yeah, check it out. Dave's Dave's badass. He kicks ass. And uh, I really, really dug meeting him and, uh, and chatting away. It was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah. Sit back and enjoy the show with Dave and Bruce. Scotty couldn't be with us on this one, but uh, uh, I think he was watching Breaking Bad or something. I don't know what he was doing. He was teaching, I think. But anyway, now remember, if I haven't told you this, I have told you a hundred times, please go to guitarwank.com, check out the new website, give us the thumbs up. Um, what was it? Go to iTunes, oh, iTunes, wherever you listen to us, give us a, give us a, a review or a thumbs up, or something positive back so we can use that against the internet, social media world to get more listeners and to annoy more people. That's really what we're trying to do here. To piss off more people if we can. Um, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. So do that. Go to guitarwank.com. Sign up on guitarwank.com so you don't miss an episode. For God's sakes, you don't want to miss an episode. I mean, shit, you know. What else What else would you do? So uh, you can go there. Also, Patreon members. Oh, my God. If you are a Patreon member, how do I become a Patreon member, Troy? Go to guitarwank.com. There's uh, a link at the top which will take you straight there to the Guitar Wank Patreon page, and you can sign up for a dollar a day. No, it's a dollar a month. Actually, I should make it a dollar a day. No, a dollar a month, which is nothing. That's like nothing. It's not even a cup of coffee. All right, so a dollar a day, up to $3 a day, or even more if you want to. Not a day, I mean a month, you know what I mean. But anyway, you get these amazing videos off Bruce, and it's just really supporting Guitar Wank, keeping us off the streets, and uh, keeping, keeping our drug habits. Uh, yeah, all the above. You get the gist. It's just supporting your local musicians um so yeah so you could do that 
What else we got? Bruce Live at 5. you got to check out Grumps. If you're not doing that, you should. You can go back and watch all 28 seasons of Grumps TV, which is all fantastic. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's keep it short. A short intro today, Troy. How? What do you reckon? Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys. Um, be safe. What, whatever shit you're going through, just hang in there. And uh, we're sending lots of love and good thoughts and best wishes because it is a fucking tough time right now for a lot of people and all in all seriousness uh this is where we need to support each other and just uh, wear a fucking mask is a start and um yeah let's just let's get through this shit i want to get through this shit and get back to gigging and playing and hanging out and drinking and not alone <laughs> as much Alright, you know what I mean, right? You get it. Let's get through this shit. Alright, we'll talk to you guys all next episode. Sit back and enjoy the amazing Dave Stryker. I think he should have his own radio show. He's got the big radio voice happening. (laughs) I might even emphasise it a little bit more with plugins, Dave. Uh, But yeah, real pleasure, mate. Thanks, Dave. And uh, I'm going to play a couple of tracks from Dave throughout this episode. uh, But check him out. Google him and... uh, I'm awesome player. Awesome bloke, awesome player. Good stuff. And you can go to DaveStriker.com like everyone else, you know. Check it out. All right, guys. Until next week, we'll catch you all later and check out this next track by Dave Striker.
Okay. Okay, so it's you. It's all right. We go through this every time as well. <laughs> it's all good. Should be down below on the bottom that mute button. Yeah, that's all on. Oh, well, there you go. I we hear you we, now. We hear you now. Alrighty. Alrighty. All right. well, okay, how are we doing so far? What did I do? Spill my something on myself? Here, oh, you man? got a drinking problem, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> this is my kind of man. Oh, yeah. He's, 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 he's already into it. Yeah, he's going to change for us and everything. Right? <laughs> is this going to be audio or ju just audio? I, it'll probably mostly be audio. Yeah, but we just may, we may put a little bit of a video like up on Facebook or something. You know. I hope he's putting on a guitar <laughs> wank T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> if I had one, I would. <laughs> nice. All right, let's try again. All right, that looks good. Whoa, Jazz. Oh, damn, you now you look too good. All right. All right, cats, how you guys doing? Good. Yeah, doing good. Dave, Troy, welcome. Thank you. Well, where are you, where are you from, Troy? I mean, where are you, right, uh, you know, videoing from or whatever I'm, you call this? I'm in, uh, I'm... Well, I'm in North, North Hollywood, Los Angeles, but, yeah, the accent will give me away. I'm Australian, obviously. Yeah. I noticed the um, North Hollywood accent you have. <laughs> right? Yeah. I oh. used to live in North Hollywood. Oh, whereabouts? I lived on Lancashire and Magnolia. I'm on Lancashire and Burbank. Yep. Yeah, so, right there. This was many, many moons ago. This was oh, in... And it's changed so much since then. Wow. I was, this was, believe it or not, this was back in the, you know, the Billy Rogers days, been 78 to 80 I was oh, out there. Oh, wow. This must have been the hood back then, right? Yeah. First place I lived was on Whipple. Yeah. And had an apartment on Whipple, which was just like four blocks from Dante's. So I got to see <laughs> Joe Pass and, and Lenny Bro down there and, you know, a lot of cool people. Oh, wow. And I actually saw you... Bruce, one time at some club. Was it Dante's or was it Carmelo's? No, it was like a small club somewhere. Right. Uh, and I think you were playing with uh, Richie Cole. Ah. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I don't think. Would have been Carmelo's or, uh, or it might have, it, like some region room? Or? There was, uh, yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but um, you didn't sound that good, so it wasn't that memorable. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, we should uh in Bruce you should introduce Dave. Dave, you got uh you got a good radio voice going on there, mate. Yeah, Dave. Dave Dave's got it going, man. You know, he lives in a bunker obviously, you know. It's a basement um undisclosed location. He's in the CIA, but you know, he's a really good guitar player for a spy. So, uh That's right. And uh you know, we can uh we don't want to really get into that because, you know, yeah, if you tell us, you have to kill us. I'd have to kill you, and I, I you know, I really don't want right, to. Yeah, you know. All right, well, introduce Bruce. Hey, Dave, uh, Dave Stryker, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure everybody who listens to this thing knows him already. But if not, uh, he comes from the Midwest, and he's been playing. He's always got a number one record out. You know, that's why they all know about him. And uh, he's a burning player. I've known him for a long time, and he teaches at a few different colleges, and Damn, man. He's what we all want to be when we grow up. <laughs> Bruce, you're, you're too kind, my friend. Well, oh, well, you should catch me on a nice day. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, obviously your career was going great, and now you're on guitar weight. Yeah, no, so. this is the end of it, though, Dave. You know, I don't <laughs> think you're going to see number one for a while again. You know. Well, that was that was a nice. Uh, I had a nice a nice little run last summer about this time, actually, hey. with one of my records. I don't I don't see that you know necessarily happening again, but everything kind of fell into place, and it was nice. Yeah. Nice while nice while it lasted. Nope. Yeah, well, you know, records and gigs and all that stuff. Who knows what's going to happen next? You know, we're going to yeah. have something new. You know what I mean? Well, I, you know, I've always said, you know, you know, if you stick around it, stick in this business long enough, Bruce, and keep working hard, pay your dues, eventually you can make hundreds. You know, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I'm still hey, working on that. Hey, yeah. that the truth. What though? <laughs> in fact, in fact, I'm I'm a hundred air. <laughs> Whoa, man, he's made it. He's done it. Uh, he, he, look, he obviously spent it on a lot of equipment because look at all them guitars in the background. Yeah, yeah. t-shirts and uh, guitars. Yeah, well, you know, so you ready for the NAM show then? I have not been to the NAM show. Do you go to that? Ever been to the NAM show and you lived here? I went there one time, like in 1978. I remember it was, uh, I, I did go there and, like the many, many moons ago and it was, uh, I remember seeing Jaco Pistorius walking around you know, uh, my memory is is in like a going up to somebody's hotel room, and I think it was Joe Diorio's, and and Jocko was walking down the hall, dragging his Fender bass, just like no case, just dragging it down the the hallway, and then he went in and sat in with Joe Diorio. Wow! Uh, and there was like you know twenty guitar players in there. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Damn yeah. it! That must when go? When did the Nam start? Oh, long time ago. Really? It's been going that long? I think my first NAM was around then, maybe a little before that. Yeah, and it, it had been going for a while by then. Yeah, it wasn't big like it was. It was just kind of like down at the bottom of the conventions. Yeah, even in the convention center for a while, it was in. It was in LA convention center, right? Los yeah, in downtown. But then it was somewhere else too, down yeah. in Orange County. Wow. And Dave, you're coming from us from whereabouts? You're in New York, or where are you at? I live in I live um, about 14 miles uh, west of New York City in a town called West Orange, New Jersey. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yep. I've been here. I was in. Uh, I'm originally from Omaha, as uh, as Bruce was mentioning, uh, and uh, it's a town that's like. The next big town, if you're coming east from New York, you got Chicago, then, you know, Omaha would be the next, you know, big town. <laughs> don't, don't laugh. Uh, and if you go three hours south, you got Kansas City. But Is Omaha uh, Irish? <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it was uh, uh, a lot of people think, you know, Omaha, like, you know, I was out, you know, with throwing bales of hay up on the wagon and stuff but you know it wasn't quite like that it was actually a a, a, a you know pretty decent sized uh, town and uh, and like it like any small town it had um uh you know a, a good share of good musicians you know a lot that you would never hear of but you know uh there was a, there was a fair amount of good musicians there um that you know it was it was a good place to grow up uh uh and I ended up leaving there after, you know, got into a, I was in a good, one of the good bands in town, you know, all through high school and, and, 
we had a gig I remember coming out of high school at the Hilton where we would play six nights a week for six weeks at a shot and the first two sets would be standards like Satin Doll and Girl from Ipanema and the last two sets would be top 40 and so you know got to got to play a lot and then went out to, moved out to LA for a couple of years because a couple of the musicians from Omaha that I had kind of started hanging out with. Uh, one guy was named John Maller. Did you ever know him, Bruce? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a piano player, organist, excellent player. And then the other guy was a guy named Billy Rogers, so I know you know Bruce. Really dynamite player. And he was kind of like a, you know, big big hero to me. Uh, when I was in high school, he was playing with the Crusaders, and he was like a real fiery player that you know kind of oh, played man, that guy was unbelievable he yeah he played like he, like he a savant play. the shit just flew out of him man. yeah so anyway i ended up going out there uh for a couple of years and um where bruce were you where were you at that time were I you was in san francisco then yeah and didn't i meet you billy came up and played some gigs with me up there i, I seem to remember playing with you and billy or hanging with you and billy up there at some point? i don't i don't know about that i don't know if that's um i mean i could it could you know i do remember i mean billy came up and you know those guitar clusterfuck gigs that people put together you know they put a bunch of guitar players together right expect music to happen uh, <laughs> um billy did a couple of those with me up in san francisco i remember and i remember hanging with him in la too and yeah he was a guy you know he was you know, coming out of George Benson, you know, when, uh, when he was 20 years old. And, oh, wow. And, 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 but he, you know, had his own thing. And, and unfortunately, he had a drug problem his whole life. And uh, he, he, let, he was succumbed to an overdose in, in San Francisco around 1978. He was only 37. Oh, damn. So, yeah, I lost him too soon. But, um, you know, it was very inspiring for me to, to hear a guy like that, knowing he's from Omaha and, there used to when I was in L.A. There was a Jimmy Smith Supper Club. They had a place in uh, out in the valley. And uh, did you ever go there, Bruce? Supper Club. Jimmy Smith Supper Club. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. So so the, you know, it, I would hang out there. They had a jam session on Monday nights, and um, I would go every Monday. And Jimmy had a, a Leslie on each end of the room. It was a small club. I would say it's about twenty five feet by twenty feet. And he had a Leslie on each end of the club, and then you know, a little stage with a, a mirror over the uh, B three, and uh, it was rocking. It was a good time. So I I got to I met met a lot of people there, and I I remember you know I'd be playing and thought I was doing pretty good, and I would feel a tap on my shoulder, and it would be Billy had walked in the back of the club, you know, with the yeah. hey man, can I play a couple notes? <laughs> you know, and then I'd end up handing him my guitar and. You know, he'd blow the roof off the place. So it was, it was a humbling experience. But I ended up there for a couple of years, and then I came to New York, and um, been here ever since. I used lived in New York, then Brooklyn, and now I'm out here. That's a long way to answer that question. Where I'm, where, <laughs> where I'm why did you leave Los Angeles? Um, did you get a gig? I, I, I had a, a buddy that. In that band I was telling you about, a uh, good good tenor player Jorge Nila. He he went to uh, new, he when we both left in uh, the same time. He went to Manhattan, New York, and I went to L.A. And um, 
I decided to go visit um, him in New York. So I had a, I drove. <laughs> I, drove <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> yeah. I drove my car, uh, stopped in Omaha, and then continued on uh, and drove and was going to stay a couple weeks and check it out. And I ended up staying four months. You know, when we're younger, we can do whatever we want, right? Yeah. And um, it was like I re- immediately kind of saw that I had made a – instead of making a left, I should have made a right when I left Omaha. I was, you know, I, was, I went out to – you know, because it was – you know, I, I had a, a, a – you know, one of those eureka moments. I'm sitting at, at uh, the Tin Palace in, in New York City at about th- 2 in the morning, and George Coleman is playing with – Al Foster on drums and Harold Mayburn and they're playing Cherokee, you know, just burning. And I'm like, I should be here. This is, <laughs> this is happening. And you know, all these little clubs and jam sessions. So I went back out, believe it or not, I drove back to LA <laughs> and, uh, the things we do. And, Get up. and I played in a, in a funk band, uh, for the summer, save up some money. And, um, and then moved like the beginning of, um, you know, the end of around 1980. I moved moved uh, back moved to just to uh, New York, and m- my buddy had got me apartment in his building for 150 a month, uh, an efficiency <laughs> apartment in 99th and Third Avenue. Wow! And it was a great time back then. A lot of jam sessions and lofts and things like that, and and uh, yeah, it's, it was a great great experience. And I guess. Th- th- LA just didn't have that kind of a scene. Like there was a massive difference between obvious differences between New York and LA, but New York had more of a jazz scene per se. Well, or- yeah, they had. You know, the there was great some great players. Uh, there was a, a jam session in, in in Hollywood called Pippies. Do you remember that one, Bruce? Yep. A place called Pippies. Henry Franklin was there, and. Uh, I used to go to that, and I I got a gig with a a uh, the Dell and the Sensations, which was like a um, Caribbean band, <laughs> and I played with them for a while, and then I had a, I got a gig with uh, I was just thinking about this today a club uh, was, I think it was called Stage One, and uh, with the Eddie Burrell Trio, I got an organ trio gig somehow, and uh, played there a little bit and. Worked at a, a Pier One Imports on, yeah. Hollywood, on, Hollywood, players. on Hollywood Boulevard, and uh, it's a funny story. I was let's just say you know I was working at Pier One. I think they went out of business, so I can say this now. But <laughs> let's just say that my apartment had a lot of furnishings. <laughs> from, was well furnished from from Pier working at Pier One. And, uh, but it was cool, you know, I, I remember riding my bike, you know, from, uh, over there and I was in, uh, like I said, Lancashire and Magnolia and it was cool. Um, and working there and when I left, uh, decided to quit there, uh, I remember the manager, um, one of the other workers said, "You know, I can't believe Dave is leaving Pier One." And the, and the manager said, "Dave is Pier One." <laughs> <laughs> so you were so, demoing a lot of the uh, the furnitures. 
I could have, you know, I could have been Pier One. I yeah, you, you know, or Pier I, One and a half at least. I know, know I one point five, yeah. but I, uh, I guess you know the the music was still calling. So, um, yeah, when I came to New York, it was it was uh, I had met at at Jimmy Smith's Supper Club. I had met Jack McDuff, and he said, "If you come to, if you come to New York, uh, come come look me up." So, so I went up to the Lickety Split Lounge in in Harlem. And sat in with uh, Jack, and uh, ended up getting the gig with him, which was, which was great, man. You know, because uh, Jack had previously had George Benson, Pat Martino, Grant Green, Billy Rogers, um, and so when I got in the band, he finally got a good guitar player. He was, you know, <laughs> he was, very, he was very happy about that, um, <laughs> Bruce. <laughs> Bruce, you play with him too, right? Yeah, I did too. You know, he, so he, he, we all got some great McDuff stories. Oh yeah. Uh, but I, uh, uh, so hold it for those people who don't know what what was his background because he obviously had all these great well, guitar players coming through. Well, you know, or, I mean, great organ player, great yeah. organ player. Okay, so like you know, I mean, most people probably who listen to the show know about the tradition of you know the organ, the Hammond organ type bands, you know, the, the bluesier side of jazz, where it's usually good, the rhythm sections could uh, organ, guitar, and drums, not piano, bass, and drums, you know, and then a lot of guitar players, we all come through that as a, as a uh, training ground in many ways, it's just a, it's a, it's a setting that we all learn to play in, it's really blues-based, and the, the, the organ players are generally based from in the church first, you know, so there's a lot of that. And it's a very powerful sound and really big, and you got to learn to kind of cut through and still support it, and uh, learn to work with a. Every organ player is a genius. I mean, you got to understand that these guys, they're walking bass, they're playing, you know, solos and and harmony, and they're pulling draw bars, and everyone I've ever known pretty much sings and is an entertainer, and you know, is I mean, they're just these like amazing one man phenomena you know and you're just dealing with these humans that are just you have to figure out a way to fit in with what they're going and they they generally have huge egos too as well they should because they're badass motherfuckers i mean they're the whole thing and so it's a really great training ground for a guitar player yeah i felt to fit in to get a sound to you know like to and also the time is always a little bit loosey-goosey because the guy's doing so much shit and just the sound of the instrument—it's like a big harmonica, really, you know. And and so you're just dealing with this kind of like waves, you know what I mean? Wow. And so it's just—I mean—and George Benson, all those early George Benson records with Lonnie Smith, you know. I mean, there's great records with Jack McDuff too that George made, mm-hmm. and a lot of great YouTube. I mean, and you know, but we all kind of—I st- guess Jimmy Smith is kind of the starting point of that you know right with, with either kenny burrell or, or that record he made with wes well how right. old how old was this guy when you when you guys were coming through because they obviously had these cats how long how long earlier before well the, in the 60s the organ got very popular and like in all all the black clubs uh uh had had a lot of them actually had hammond b3s in the clubs and jukeboxes and some of these guys like mcduff would have uh hits on these in the black clubs in the jukeboxes like rock candy and a real good and um you know it was, it was a 
it was a real nice scene and everything that you know i i i totally agree with everything bruce said just now but it was um you know there's a there's a handful of them and this this is so the 60s was uh and then into the 70s and uh so i got to, got in there with with jack towards the end of that that era and i was lucky because the drummer was a guy named joe dukes who was a fantastic uh drummer and those two guys were kind of like a a real team so i like yeah like bruce said you know it was a, a real training ground a lot of a lot of guitar players only lasted a gig or two because it was uh they jack was also not afraid to tell you what he thought of your playing and <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't as we say in these 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 days so politically correct no, I, no. I remember my one of my first gigs i you know they i was playing and uh the, one of the first gigs we played was we and here we go again we drove from new york harlem to play at marla's memory lane in la, Ooh, in LA. <laughs> wow yeah and the car and we had like maybe two gigs you know jack would literally sometimes uh get out and uh be on the phone you know at the phone booth with his pad and a, and a yellow pages you know booking gigs while we were out there it was out but a lot of shitty motels you know it was it was um what they call paying dues it was really paying dues and it was being on the road literally rubber on the road and but we we got the truck broke down like in philly or something and then we now we're we had to start friday night at marla's memory lane and and by the time the truck got fixed we had to drive straight through and we got to marla's memory lane on friday night at 10 o'clock we started at nine and a lot of black folks are all there you know not dressed up and ready to hear jack mcduff and we're pushing the Leslie through, excuse us, you know, pushing the Leslie through. This is my first gig. And he, Jack takes my little polytone mini brute and puts it on his Leslie's. <laughs> and it's this far from his, from his ear. This is my first gig. And, you know, I'm a little nervous anyway. But, you know, I was, I'd been listening to that kind of music for a long time. So I was, you know, I, I knew, kind of knew what I was doing somewhat. But then I just remember the next day we're, we're, uh, driving somewhere else to the next gig and uh i'm in the front seat and and i'm just waiting you know and he's a striker what kind of sound is that you're getting on that guitar sounds like t-bone walker maybe you like that <laughs> in other words it's like your sound sucks. <laughs> yeah, nice backhanded compliment there. Yeah, it's like your sound sucks. You know, let, let's let, let's let's start with that. Um, and you know, it he they had little cassette players back then, and he would he would uh, this was really painful. He would tape the gigs and then like listen to them, and and you know that was that's always painful. Um, but yeah, it made you realize you know to, to like Bruce said to follow one of these guys, you know, just a burning solo you you really had to step up the plate and 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 deal and 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 you know have have good time good feeling good you know bluesy bluesiness in your playing and but be also be able to play tunes and he had kind of cool arrangements it was it was a great training ground how how old were you then i was seven <laughs> oh, just kidding. Uh, I was. Uh, that's you know, that's forty nine in dog years. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, early twenties. Yeah, 
So I, or something uh, like that. Was that a was that a long stint you get to you got to do with him or? I lasted two years, which was a pretty good long stint for for that gig. Um, and then after that, I had, we when we weren't on the road, we had a steady four night a week gig at uh, Dude's Lounge in Harlem. Uh, four, uh, we played from ten ten to four in the morning, four wow. nights a week. Yeah, and uh, all these cats would come through there, like you know, uh, uh, Lonnie Smith, Jimmy Smith, uh, uh, Mick Groove, Mick. Uh, Jimmy, yeah. Holmes, Jimmy McGriff, yeah. you know, uh, Lou Erland used to hang too, right? Huh? Charles Erland, he would. Yeah, Lou Lou Donaldson. Um, but I that's I met Stanley Turrentine there, and uh, after I left Jack, uh, I ended up getting the gig with Stanley for about ten years. So that was another really I'm super grateful to have had that experience. Well, you know, just hearing you say, "Oh, we had four nights a week, and we're playing for that amount of hours." And now it's like one gig. People are just looking for one gig with the situation that we're all People dealing with. People don't even have one gig anymore. Yeah, not even a gig. It's like you Zoom or you you yeah. teach or like, man. Yeah. Well, this is this is really out what's going on right now. Yeah. But, uh, up till now, it, yeah, it was it was a different time, and and uh, I'm very glad that I got to. To get in on it, you know, at the uh, tail end of it, kind of, and get to play with some of those guys, just like Bruce did. I mean, there's no, there's nothing like, you know, playing night after night with somebody like Stanley Turrentine, who you can tell who it is in one note, and you know, super, just everything he played, laid, and felt great, and you know, you it was inspiring. You know, you wanted to, you wanted to come, you know, rise to that level, and. So it was a great way, great way to learn. That's that's kind of how I I learned how to play, you know, from listening to records and um, kind of funny now because Bruce and I are both professors, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't think we ever thought that would be. No, no, it just I don't just, think that was ever in our. Kind plan. of sounds strange to me, you know. It, yeah, but it's kind of cool to. Since we did, we did get that experience, you know. Oh my to, god, yeah! It's to um, pass it on to try to pass it on a little bit what we we learned. It's just such a. It's like every time I hear you guys talk about that stuff now, it just seems like a a movie to me. That 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 kind of thing existed. <laughs> it feels such. It, a, it would make a pretty good movie, actually. Yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, I'm just thinking back of all the people I played with, you know, and. You know, and I'll, you know, I mean, I'm so lucky to have learned so much from, but I mean, just like, it's amazing, you know, yeah. I mean, these people who no longer, you know, these gods who once walked, I mean, it's like playing with these dinosaurs that were, you know, a hundred feet tall, you know. I, and, I can remember uh, hearing you with Bobby Hutcherson on, on some records and right. I mean, that's I one of my favorite years. musicians. That guy was, I mean, I think we talked about him last week. That guy is just, you know, I mean just another kind of human you know my my time with mcduff was different i did a tour in europe with him with jimmy cobb you wow. know the drum the drummer who's on kind of blue of course and, uh with miles all those years and it was a very it was like a strange thing i mean i guess we did a workshop all together and then somebody put a tour together you know we did this tour week or two and uh 
and and Jimmy and Jack didn't get along. You know, they just did, they had a different concept of where everything was supposed to be and the way it was supposed to be and the way gigs supposed to go. And I was like this little white boy stuck in the middle of that. You know what I mean? Was there a horn player on the gig? No, no, it was trio. So, wow. So it was like, I was kind of like, you know, Jack would say, tell him to fucking do this, you know, and like, and Jimmy would say, tell him to fucking, they wouldn't talk to each other, you know, so along, along with like, you know, all the shit I had to like interpret the, the, uh, I was the interpreter, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, it, it was still, it was so amazingly happening, but you know, I mean, Jimmy had just this idea of time being really finite and, you know, and Jack was kind of used to the, you know, the organism of it. And I thought it, it sounded great to me and I was, you know, like a pig in shit, but, uh, they weren't getting along for most of the time, you know. Yeah. Well, I remember it was, you know, it was, it, it, it was like if it was Monday, and he yelled at the drummer, and Tuesday, he yelled at the sax player. You didn't want to be there on Wednesday, you right. guitar player. <laughs> so, I mean, it was like clockwork, mm-hmm. and nothing you did would matter because. If it was Wednesday and it was your turn, you know, he was going to go completely off on you yeah. and screaming and, you know, um, but it was, it was kind of what I dug about Jack was, you know, he would scream at you, but then, uh, you would be cool. Uh, you know, he wouldn't hold it. It would just, he got it out and then, you know, you'd go smoke up some pot or something and you'd be good. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, not that I condone that in any way, and uh, oh, yeah. and, I, and I did well, not. Well, it's legal it. out here anyway. You and, never, you never, you never <laughs> exhaled, right? Uh, but the, um, yeah, you know, just some classic uh, screaming matches and things like that. But you know, it was, it, uh, it was a great, it was a great learning experience for me. And never, never went to fist fisticuffs. Uh, it was. I remember one time in Chicago. You know, he we were face to face, and and I was so mad, and he was like, "Maybe you think because I'm a little guy, you know, blah, 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 I'll kick your mother ass." <laughs> and I and I'm just like, just like got my my hand clenched, and I'm just like, "Dave, don't be the guy that killed Jack McDuff. You know, you don't want that on your resume. It's like you know, that would just be bad. You know." <laughs> That would be bad to be famous for that, right? I know, but th- then again, sometimes you know, if you were the guy that did, did, you know, that decked him in Chicago, that would be like, you know, you were the guy that finally said you'd had enough. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> you might, who knows? You know? Yeah. You don't want to kill him, but you yeah. know. Yeah, it was, it was, it was. Uh, you know. I, mean, I, I kind of miss those days. It, you know, I, when you're younger, you don't you don't mind doing those long gigs and stuff, or I guess not as much as you would now. But the thing is, you learn a lot of times from those guys th- good things, but also things not to do. So, like when you have a band or you're paying a band or you know taking a band out there, you remember things that you'd hated about you know that they would do money. You know, itinerary, knowing the knowing where you're going, itineraries, these kind of things ahead of time. So, 
you know, you when you remember what that felt like being, you know, unsure of what was happening, you know, uh, it makes you want to do, you know, do the right thing with your your band. So you learned that way too. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine a lot of good, a lot of good stories. I'm sure someone over the years probably took him out or decked him or hit him. Oh, no. How could it not happen? Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, one time uh, I'll never forget. I, th- I might have told you this, Bruce, but I was playing up at that cl- place, dude's lounge, and I looked out in the crowd, and and uh, about ten feet away from me was George Benson sitting there, and I said. Um, if I get through tonight, I'll be good the rest of my life. You know, it's like, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like Muhammad Ali sitting out there, you know, it's, right, yeah. and you're a fighter. It's like, um, and so he, uh, he came up and played and, you know, he had that mask, this masquerade. So I think I played on that and he sang that. And then I handed him my guitar. I was playing an L5 through that same little polytone. And, uh, I'll never forget. I, 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 sat down and he didn't t- touch any knobs on the guitar or the amp and he just started playing and guess what it sounded exactly like george benson <laughs> and i was like oh maybe it's in the fingers you know wow yeah and it is um but that was that was real cool to to uh to get get through that you know now nobody scares me not even bruce <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I Lord knows how many of those I've had. Shit, man. You know, you look up and boom, there's yeah. a guy, right? And yeah. What do you, do? you know, you just got to keep playing and then you go in the back and puke, you know, after. Right. I didn't think, Philly, I thought I was. Yeah. First gig in Philly, I was on the road with Richie Cole. And usually the band was a quintet. You know, we had a piano and Richie and I would play all these lines together. That was kind of the sound of the band. Um, I guess for this tour, we didn't have a piano player until we got to New York. So we just did Philly and Newark and Trenton and a few other places on the way to New York, you know. And I'm sitting there in Philly. I think it was a club called, like, Stars. Is, was there a club called? I think Stars was the name of the club. And um, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm literally kind of slugging my way through the band because I'm kind of both the piano player and the guitar player, you know, trying to do my job and the job of the other cat. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like a, like a one, one, one arm wallpaper hanger dude, you know, kind of thing. And, um, God within arm's reach sitting at the bar was Pat Martino, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I just looked at it and went, Holy shit, you know? And I mean, I felt like I was, you know, flailing away anyway. So I just like, you know, the break, I put my guitar down and went to the dressing room, just hid, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, there's like two seconds later, Richie's like, going, hey, Bruce, Pat wants to meet you. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> he brings Pat in and I'm like, oh, shit. You know? <laughs> yeah, that and happened to so me too. Great. He was so great. I mean, we became good friends, you know. We're still good friends. And But what a gracious man, you know. Yeah. He was so cool. Bruce, it was wonderful interacting. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's like this mystical uh yeah. guy. Like you uh, yeah, that's what been one of the joys of my life too is this is a guy that I really really got me into jazz, you know. I mean, of course, guys like Wes and Grant Green and Kenny Burrell and all those guys uh but 
something about Pat's playing early on, you know, coming from rock and blues and stuff, that fire that he has in his playing was was really got me into into jazz and and to this day I just I love his playing so much. Unfortunately, he's not doing well right now. But, um, but yeah, that happened. I was Jimmy Bruno called me one time to come down and play with him at uh, Chris's. Uh-huh. Same and same thing. And 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 I look over at the bar and five feet away, there's Pat with his wife, and they stayed the whole night. And and I'm like, you know, I'd be playing and I'm like, wait, don't play that one. Don't play that one. <laughs> Don't play that one. <laughs> All the stuff I stole from Pat Martino. But it, you know, it, at the end of the day, you just you just play yourself anyway. You know, you play you. Hopefully, you got your own sound. That's what we all strive for to have our own. You know, our own sound and our our own thing. Everybody's unique, and uh, you know that's. But it, it is it is uh, as guitar players that that is uh, trial by fire you might say when you yeah, when you when you really, get it's really good for you and we should and I kind of endeavor to play all the time even when I'm alone as if you know George Benson Pat Martino I can't tell you how many times Barney Kessel was like in the front row or Joe Pass you know when I was playing you know and I try to like be that in that headspace all the time you know. Smart, yeah. It's just, you know, it's the way we need to be. You know, I mean, play with conviction. And yeah. like you're, you know, you're, you're like, and you know, like they're looking because they are looking down on us. Yeah, I mean, they're we're standing on their shoulders on, on the one level, but on the other level, they're all observing us. You know, and and we need to like measure up to that every day. You know? Good, good words, man. I, I agree. You know, you you have to play with conviction and and play like you mean it. And when you play like you mean it, uh, people feel that whether they're you know whether they're jazz lovers or whatever or just normal civilians, uh, if you're playing with that conviction and and you know playing with with heart and like you mean it, um, that communicates to people. I think. You're yeah. right. We can tell you right. I'm I'm getting a notice if I don't sign up. <laughs> if I don't sign up, I got less than a minute. Is that what it's telling us? Yeah, I see it says that, but I think well, we they've never they've never boxed us out before. <laughs> Guitar wank is didn't you, pay, you, you didn't pay the bill. <laughs> you should have been paying the bill, Troy. <laughs> so, so we I forgot to pay the bill, and they're going to turn the. I don't know if they will or not. We've only been doing this four years, so we're learning. You know what I mean? Well, this this whole online. Normally, you, do you ever come to LA, Dave? I um, occasionally, yeah. I occasionally I've been out there. Uh, it's it's um, I used to come out and played at the Jazz Bakery, you know, a few mm-hmm. times. Yeah. And I uh, came out and played uh, uh, when she's now she's doing con.
We we planned that, Dave. I was I was was it something I said or something I played? <laughs> I don't know. I wanted to go to the bar, man. You know. What I, mean? <laughs> I was just like, hey, let's plan it so when Dave's on, we'll we'll pretend we lose power and we have to cut yeah, him off. Yeah, and you know, it's, it was a Corona thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lucky. See, this is why we don't go live. <laughs> yeah, I forget what I was saying. I guess. Yeah, but anyway, you're asking me if I ever come out to LA and um, uh, not occasionally. Yeah, occasionally, occasionally. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, normally we do guitar wank here in the studio, and we, we you know, we'll sit around and we have play. have a taste. It's uh, right. What's that? We just get drunk, you know. Yeah. Totally ridiculous. <laughs> That's. I mean, I, I'm sure our, uh, I'm sure our fans are our fan. I mean, is probably really disappointed <laughs> because usually we get all shit faced and say embarrassing things, you know. And now with the Zoom stuff. Everybody's sitting in their house, you know, and being careful and shit. It's a little, too, safe, little too safe. Yeah. 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 Well, I tried to watch my language, you know. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't. Don't. Uh, fuck, not, fuck that, mate. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what really pisses you off about a drummer? What's the thing that pisses you off the most about drummers oh, when you boy. find yourself being pissed off about them? I'm lucky. You know, the, the I'm lucky to get to play with so many great drummers, but uh, you know, w sometimes I'll hear uh, like if I if I'm doing like one of these workshops or something, and I can't, you know, you get like a younger drummer, and um, sometimes I'll say to them, "Have you ever done time?" <laughs> and they'll and they'll look at you know they're 17 or something, and they'll say. <clears throat> I'm not sure what you mean. I said, you know, have you ever been in prison? And and uh, they'll say, <laughs> no. By the way, I could just see them that night. You know, mom, Mr. Stryker was very scary. He scared me today. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would say, well, they have you know chain gangs in prison, and uh, you know if you ever see one of those old movies, maybe. Uh, they're over on the side of the road with pickaxes, you know, and they and they've got a uh, this big, heavy weight, uh, you know, ball chained to their to their uh, ankle, and I I would say, that's kind of what it sounds like when you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> in, in other words, it's like, you know, and then if they play like a funk beat or something, they sound good. It's like, look, just. You know, make it feel like that. You know, <laughs> yeah. So dragging drummers is a is a, yeah. is a pet peeve for sure. Uh, what about bass players? Uh, when are you trying to get me in trouble? <laughs> what do you? What about the lefty? I used to go to you know. I used to go to the. Um, I used to go to the organ player, and I used to say to him, "Man, I'd like to buy the right hand drink." <laughs> 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 you're a lot, lucky, of, you know, a lot of people had too much you know but i like your right hand <laughs> a lot of people think that organ players uh, are playing playing those bass lines with their foot yeah yeah that's a misconception they all play with their left hand yeah uh, and that's why one of the reasons that org that the guitar sounds so good is because if you imagine the 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 you know they're kicking bass with their left hand 
Now they will use the the pedals, the the good the, the the real organ players. They use the pedals, but they're kind of like using it as an accent, or if if they're playing a ballad or an intro, they'll use it, or maybe a slower tempo, they'll double the bass line. Um, but so if if he's doing that with his left hand and his right hand is is soloing, that leaves that whole area there for the guitar player to fill up. That's why I think one of the reasons that it's works so nicely guitar and organ as opposed uh, to piano. Piano you have to really you know listen and work things out more. Um, so you know I think uh, what Bruce was saying earlier it's kind of freaky what they can do because I've noticed Bruce you can talk and play at the same time. I I can't do that. I, I'm like if I try you know or because you can sing and you know uh, you know, I, I, I'm pretty much got to got to just keep concentrate on what I'm doing with my hands, or I get into yeah, big trouble. But, you know, but imagine I know, it started it started early in my life. People were just talking to me when I was playing, and I would talk back to them. And you know, then then I'd be on a gig. You know, people come up and talk to me. Generally, they ask either where the bathroom is <laughs> or if I knew where they could hear some live music. <laughs> yes. So I would have to tell them, you know, while I'm playing, you know, so I don't know. It's just always been easy for me to separate that. But. Yeah. If, but if you, if you, so take that, but then imagine if you were, uh, walking bass and walking bass over here on a, and then playing lines over here, it's just, you know, and then still like working all the draw bars in the, every now and then. And, and kicking you know either the root or the fifth to punch the bass or doubling i mean and then the expression pedal is that's really what makes organ players to me when you hear a great organ player you know i mean yeah there's a lot of guys i mean there's a lot of piano players can walk left hand bass and play you know but there's that thing the way the expression pedal the right foot of the organ player mm -hmm. volume the pedal, way yeah. they can kind of give the lines that sort of immediacy and swell and attack there's a whole art i mean to me i think that's probably the most uh, they call it the expression pedal but i think that that's really like where you can really hear the difference in a lot of those cats because uh, fundamentally the instrument is sounds the same right i mean yeah play it but they all sound so different and i really think it comes down to the way they play that expression pedal yeah, there's so many. The other thing, yeah, is all this draw bar settings. There's, it's incredible. Yeah. Like, who, uh, you know, it it is a pretty wa uh, amazing instrument for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I I don't have any good uh, bass player stories. Um, you know. Okay, so what do you hate about guitar players? Come on. <laughs> 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 what do I hate about guitar players? Yeah, yeah. They rush. They play too loud. <laughs> they don't know any tunes. Uh, they. Uh, oh, that's me. Sorry. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> <That's you. laughs> well, we could talk about pedals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How, I was, that was not or tuners. Or tuners. Tuners. Yeah. Right. Right. That was we need, need on one guitar. That was my next question, Dave. Is what's show us your pedal board? What's what? Well, you know, I. Uh, I don't really use pedals too much unless it's it's like a, a gig that I that I or a recording or something that I need some of that on. But you know, I use some reverb and a little delay to make it a little longer, but not uh, 
you know, basically, I like the sound of, you know, I think just the natural sound of the guitar is is more my thing. And but I appreciate guys that know how to do that. You know, it's 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 uh, to each their own. Um, Are you still using the mini brute? Uh, I actually record usually with a Fender tube amp, like a. I have this one. It's called a Fender Blues DeVille with four tens. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been using that for all, almost all my records. I have, you know, Twin. I have Deluxe. Uh, but I do have uh, somehow. I've I kind of collected a lot of polytones just because uh, <laughs> everybody seems to always have one for two hundred or two hundred fifty bucks. You know, and I'm like, I'll take that. Okay. You never know. You know, I'll be the guy that that'll have the poly. You know, when the when the world ends and you know the uh, there's nothing, just all the buildings are gone and you know people are walking through the bricks and stuff. I'll still have my polytone on. Have a polytone stack, man. Yeah. How many well, you have? I think I have about seven of them. Oh I'm, wow! You know, yeah, yeah, I really do. It's crazy. That's I that's have a bunch of a problem. Out. I teach out at Indiana. I got I probably got three or four out there. I got a bunch here, but they, you know what? You plug into one of those ones with a 15, man, they sound good. They really do. They're, they're, they're decent amps, man. You know, a lot of these amps, uh, the small amps now, are, are kind of modeled after that sound. I think Henriksen is, is like, yeah. you know, they're, they're modeled after that kind of sound. Um, it was. I remember when I lived in North Hollywood, they had their uh, factory out there, right? What was his name? Tommy? Tommy Gamina. Yeah. And he was, uh, he was an accordion player. Uh-huh. But uh, I think Joe Pass made him famous and ray brown um so they were it was funny though i always uh these amps you know i've had you know companies we won't name them uh you know ask me to endorse them and i'll I'll say you know with a for jazz guitar you really just need maybe bass treble middle volume and a nice um couple nice selections for reverb and you know you'd be that's all you'd need for most jazz guys and so you know they send me the next amp and it's it's got like more knobs on it it's got like (laughs) you know it's just like you know five different uh eqs and you know 20 different kinds of reverbs including you know like rotary and what does this thing got yeah Anyway, uh, you know, they could have made hundreds if they would have listened to me. Well, that that Deville, that's what I think. Isn't that's what Michael Landau uses too? Didn't he? Didn't he do the, the Deville? Uh, he do a model with Fender. With was it with the Deville? Yeah, it's like the blues with the locks. Only yeah. it's got four speakers. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. was. It, I think it was before the. It was it was uh, it was called the Blues Deville, and then they changed. They might have changed it to the the Blues Deluxes or whatever. But right, I think most of those guys in L.A. got the. Don't they have the forty thousand uh, dollar boutique amps and stuff? Isn't that how they yeah. the Dumble? Yeah. yeah, some of them do. I'm just joking, man. You know. Yeah, some do. Some do. What would I know? You know. I remember go they going to. I was talking to Pete Bernstein and. Uh, I, the first time I heard him was uh, there was this this concert a Jim Hall tribute kind of concert at at a town hall, and Pete was just out of the new school, so he must have been about twenty, and and he just had a little polytone and playing through his uh, one seventy five. He sounded great. 
course, Jim Hall sounded great. They all had little tiny amps. And about towards the end of the show, they say, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to bring out Pat Matheny. And, uh, and his roadie comes out and pushes this um, stack. <laughs> I mean, it, it, was, it was on wheels. It was... Like looked like this, you know, a garage, like this, a garage door. It was just massive, and uh, you know, he plugged into it, and it kind of sounded like a polytone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, man, I I love Pat though. Man, Pat is uh, one of my favorites for sure of all time. And uh, but you know, the. He's got he's got his sound, man. So more power to him. Yeah. But it was it was just a fun it was just a funny juxtaposition, you know, to see like Jim Hall and and Pete Bernstein and these guys playing, you know, with, with their little tiny amps with a mic on it, and and uh, to see that come out, it was like wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, that, that that's sort of like a version of the Segovia joke, right? You know, what I mean, like. You know, he comes out with the big amp, right? You know, the huge amp, the roadie and everything. And they go, hey, Pat, you know, what? Well, he says, you know, we noticed like Pete and Jim were playing, you know, and they just played with these little teeny amps, you know, and put a mic in front of it. And you came in and you brought, you know, had a roadie and you brought in all this stuff, you know, you know, and uh, Pat would go, yeah. And the guy would go, well, what gives? And Pat would say, well, let's face it, some people just don't give a shit. <laughs> 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 Do you remember remember when we start when i started i um took my first guitar lesson and uh the guy said Do you want to come to my combo practice like i think bruce you and i are probably similar to the same age yeah. you're probably a lot older than me actually yeah um <laughs> no um but when they talk about garage bands i can remember like in omaha like going in my neighborhood and they would open up the garage and there would be a band in there playing and they'd be playing Louie Louie and uh you know I just thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen so like I, I'm taking lessons from my first teacher and he says uh do you want to come to we're having a combo practice you know down in the basement you know down the street I said yeah man I want to go so he takes me to the combo practice and I we go down the basement and they had red custom amps Do you oh know? man the tuck and roll the, the tuck and roll and they were but they had like all red custom amps and i thought that was about the coolest thing i'd ever seen in my life wow um, too right red sparkle wasn't it oh yeah oh yeah. yeah and uh with the little silver holes in it and um you know, I think one of the fathers or something had, you know, was a plumber or something and probably mortgaged his house to go buy all this stuff, you know, all the, all these red custom amps. But um, just anyway, it was those, those kind of memories are... are you were uh, hooked. There were you hooked. And, and Bruce, and Go-Go Dancer. Go-Go <laughs> Dancer? They had a Go-Go Dancer. Holy shit, man. Now, that's what we need. I think that's what music needs. I think we need to... To think well, about, yeah, I mean, we've had that in over the, over the past years, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I think bring we it back to, to jazz. I think we need a scoreboard and a referee. That too. I mean, I think I think as soon as it, it, we can get the sports thing going, it seems more competitive, and people can bet on what we do. 
I think it, it, people will enjoy it, and it will get a lot more popular. Yeah, but and just... they'll cover it like on the nightly news, you know, like the news, weather, sports, and jazz, you know, and like who won today, and who's going to make the playoffs, and who got traded to who, and we need that kind of thing going, you know. Maybe or maybe you... combine it with roller roller derby. Yeah, <laughs> with the numbers on them and shit, you know. That, 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 I'd, that, I'd I'd do that. I'd watch that. That'd be great. Shot clock, maybe. You know. That, what I mean? That movie came on the other night. You know, my oh, I, my right. wife wouldn't let me watch it. She, you know, she doesn't like to watch any violence and stuff. But uh, do you remember that one? It was out. Rollerball, I think it was. Yeah. Called. Yes. 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 <laughs> anyway, the just to, the, something funny about the custom amp. So when I got the gig many years later with Jack McDuff, what do you suppose his PA system was? <laughs> oh, that's great. Black, a black custom PA. Black custom. Man. Wow. It's like, it's like oh, who knew? And, and you had to help carry it, of course. Like with well, the, the organ. Well, let's not even talk about moving those B3s. Yeah. You know, showing up at a... Oh, the elevator's not working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? What? Uh, what guitar is the main X these days? I've been playing a, a Gibson uh, ES three forty seven for a long time. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and uh, just and. Uh, I like it. I, I I was playing uh, with with Jack. I played an L five, and I still have it. Um, but uh, I don't know. When I started breaking records and stuff, I kind of like the sound of this. It, the, this particular guitar, um, the pickups are, I think they're called Dirty Fingers or something. They're like super like punchy. So if you try to play this guitar through a small Fender amp, and and you hit a chord, you know it's. Sounds like Eddie Van Halen or something. <laughs> so we, what kind of tailpiece is going? I mean, it seems like the tailpiece is different. I can't really tell. I, I'm not supposed. I can't tell it, but you know, that's tough. Oh, story. okay. okay. Um, this is nerdy, a, I know, but it, it's just hidden, or no? No, this is um, this guitar came out. It had those little um, in the history of you know useless things, little screws down here to tune it. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, like the micro tuners they called it. Yeah, 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 like on a on a violin. Yeah. And uh, no one uses that, man. Yeah. Or maybe I sh maybe I should. Then I would be like playing tune. That would. That well, maybe. you know, yeah. But why, uh, why start now? Why start now? Yeah. Um, as Joe Pass said, you know, I spent half my life tuning up, and the other half playing out of tune. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Um, so I took out the screws, and it's like the gold hardware here. But when I play, uh, I rest my arm right here. And so I wore all the gold off from sweating on it. And then I would start to get a, a rash on my arm from, uh, like, bad jewelry. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I said, had my guy build um, this little, pla uh, I don't know what it is, plastic it or something. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, he, and put that on over it. And it is the uh, the number one most asked question uh, by guitar players. And that's what a is, AS. What is that? What is it? What model is it? Three forty-seven. So what's the it difference? It didn't have a baritone or anything, did it? What's that? It didn't have that baritone switch on it. Did it? It's got a toggle switch, right? It has. Um, 
the difference is it has a ebony fingerboard from a 335. Right. Yeah. And it's uh, these pickups are super punchy. They're they're uh, I think they're called dirty fingers. And um, but it doesn't have a veritone switch on it. It has a split coil. Okay, it has that, but and that's you, all. Uh, no, it, it doesn't, doesn't have like the BB. Five, five yeah, that's like the BB King. No, it doesn't have that. Oh, okay. So, um, and I got three of these, so I, I like them. Whoa! I made almost all my records with that, and but I this this is my uh, this is my pandemic guitar. I bought myself here. Uh oh. Uh oh. What'd you do? <laughs> yeah, hopefully you won't your wife won't sell it for what you told her you paid for it. I got a good deal on it. But this is a, a nineteen fifty six uh one twenty five. Oh wow. great. Yeah. It's, it's older than me. Nice. And um it's got a really sweet tone. Um I just before all this happened I I bought it and so I've been playing this a lot. I I always oh, every yeah. time I heard somebody play one of these, I dug it. It's just got a nice sweet tone with it. it's got the one P ninety on it. Yeah. And uh, I've got this. Uh, this is a Benedetto. That's really nice. This is a uh, oh. like a three like their version of a three thirty five. They're uh, th this is they make really nice instruments. There, I notice right away that that you hear um, every note when you play a chord. Yeah more than on uh, the Gibsons. The Gibsons are a little... Um, but there's something about, you know, like when you play a guitar for 30 years, you know, it's just got some mojo to it, like that that, that Gibson of mine. So I, I, it's hard for me to, to change up. Uh, but this one is... Um, they had to stop making this at Benedetto because of Gibson... Uh, this, oh, this, threatening them? Yeah. Th yeah, threatening all these companies because of the shape. Right. Um, but that's a nice axe, and uh, I got a whole bunch. I got still got my L5 and 175. I love that guitar of yours. What is that, Bruce? That red one? Oh, that's a, it's a Stefan Sontag. So uh, he's a maker in Germany. Um, he's made a lot of guitars for a lot of people. It's it's r really acoustic, you know. It's like a super acoustic. Uh, when when you play uh, those uh, videos, like the um, the first course of the day or whatever, are you plugged in or no? Yes, I, you, you're hearing kind of a blend of the amp in the room and the acoustic. Yeah, it sounds very acoustic. And and depends on like how I have it blended. Some days it sounds like it's all acoustic, and some days you can really hear the amp pretty well. Mm -hmm. What kind of capo do you use? Well, you know, it's my first finger. I really? was going to use that, but then, you know, it cuts down on how many fingers you have on the other side. Because you know? <laughs> this one gets kind of like not much happens when you use it. You use and your pedal board, is it out of the, it's out of the frame right now? I, yeah, yeah, no, it's the accelerator and the brake. They're, uh, they're actually uh, they're parked in the garage right now. <laughs> <laughs> I might be the first guy you ever had on here that, was, uh, that didn't have a pedal board. Yeah, right, you know, Bruce, yeah, you know, man, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm like the worst guy to ask about gear, but but I get so many questions about it. You know, I mean, you you teach somebody and you watch somebody struggle with it. And you go, well, this is called treble. It makes <laughs> the eyes come out. This is called bass. It makes the lows come out. But don't get fooled. Sometimes there's a lot of low and highs and a lot of high and lows. <laughs> you know, I uh, we we all a lot of times we jazz guitar players we suffer from the. The Pat Martino disease, you know, of you oh, know, man. 
Yeah. I remember I was playing with Stanley at, in uh, in San Francisco at Ivy's one time, and, and Jimmy Smith and his wife were there, and and uh, I come I come come off stage. He goes, uh, Jimmy Smith says, "You sound good, but you're down in the mud." <laughs> of course, you know. Imagine, imagine the amp they had, uh, jazz chorus. Every every gig back then, nowhere right. it was yeah. a jazz chorus with two twelves. The right. worst amp of all time, I think. Right. You know, I was at Dizzy's. Uh, I played there. I guess a couple years ago. The first time I played there, and uh, I went in there, and they the the the, the guy uh, brought it out. You know. Here's our amp, and it's like this jazz chorus. And I looked at him, I said, this is fucking jazz at Lincoln Center, right? <laughs> I know. Said, yeah. And I said, how many people have ever said to you, oh, great, jazz <laughs> chorus? <laughs> he says, have you, I said, have you ever heard that sentence before? And he said, no. <laughs> I said, I'm gonna, you guys are a nonprofit, right? And he said, yeah. I said, I'm going to take care of you. So I called my friend, who's like the vice president of Fender, you know? Uh-huh. said, these guys need an amp, you know, get them a twin or a deluxe. So get them something, you know? And so I put them together, and now there's a twin at uh, at Dizzy's to use. Yeah. Because I, hope it's, I hope it's not the one with the red knobs. No, no, it's the blackface. You know? yeah. yeah. Remember the Fender twin with the red knobs? Yeah, but I'd still yeah. prefer, I'd prefer <laughs> that to a jazz chorus. <laughs> Well, if you're playing with the Stratocaster and you're playing a, f- a funk gig and you put on the chorus on a jazz chorus, you know, you're in good yeah, you shape. Yeah, you sound like Pat Metheny. But if you, well, I don't know about that, but you, uh, if you, uh, I don't know, some, it seems like maybe sometimes a jazz chorus can can sound okay, but. Yeah, oh no, I've had, I've had okay experiences with them, but I was never happy to see one. I gotta be honest. Yeah, but yeah, Jimmy Smith's uh that was his comment, so I always tell I always say tell my students, you know, if you're talking about, you know, getting sound, I say always make it a little treblier than you think it should sound where you're standing. Exactly. Exactly. And it's gonna it's gonna sound great out there. But right. if you if you try to make it like sound the way you know, you're gonna just it's gonna always sound like you're down in the mud, as Jimmy Smith told me. Right, treble's the first thing that kind of falls off the sound as it moves through the room. You know, right? Yeah. Make it brighter than you than you think you need to be, and you'll be in good shape. Yeah. You you never went the Strat or the Tally played with those I, those guitars. I do, yeah, yeah. If, depending on what the gig was, of you know, I mean, I've uh, I've played my fair share of uh, weddings, you know, throughout, you know, it, it, whatever you you need to do to make the to pay your rent and you know i got managed to uh bring up a family i got two old sons in their late 20s so you know i was yeah if i was doing like a, a, pop, a pop gig or a wedding or whatever i'd i would uh i would uh play a, i have a i still have it a black uh strat yeah but uh, i'm a big guy so i i need a bit little bit bigger looking guitar it kind of looks like a toy some of those <laughs> You know, do the kids play? I'm a I'm a I'm a full figured jazz guitar. <laughs> do the Do the kids play? No, uh, they're into they're both film into film. Oh wow, that's yeah. cool and very they're talented. And uh, one's in L.A. Yeah, uh, in Glendale, and uh, the other one's in Austin. And uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, 
Yeah, I've always felt, you know, I, even when I go back to, there's some amazing YouTubes of like Jim Hall with that 175. Um, just it says something about uh, the natural sound of the guitar like that. It's to me, uh, it's and, and it. Uh, I'm glad that on a lot of the records I did all through the, I started recording like I think my first record was in '88, and then like all through the '90s, that I didn't like go for the the sound that was kind of popular, you know, with the chorus and all that. Doesn't age that well. No, that's. I always. I always kind of thought of you know like I wanted to sound like a tenor player or something you know and and just and just get a nice rich sound and and uh, and that sound you know I think that that has it ages it ages better. I think I don't think there's a guitar sound that is dated so badly as that eighty nineties chorusy sound. I remember when I was in L.A. that uh, that that right when that chorus came out that yeah, they the had that. To remember that it was a yellow. It was a yellow one. I remember it was like a yellow box that was a chorus. And man, yeah, remember the orange one before it, the phase shifter. Yo, hell yeah, I got one right now. Uh, yeah, that that was another one that kind of quickly <laughs> aged its way out. You know, I mean, I was in L.A. what in the late seventies myself. Let me think. Was it? Had I moved to? No, I hadn't moved to New York yet. Yeah, late seventies. I don't know, mid seventies, and you know, I was kind of trying my hand at the fusion thing. I got a three thirty five, and I was playing with a bunch of bands, you know, and uh, I just, just, you know, I didn't like it as much as playing straight ahead. You know what I mean? It was great music. God, the musicians I was playing with were great. You know, it was obviously way more popular. You know. And, um, shit, uh, I was with, but at the same time, I was with Richie and Colin, Eddie Jefferson. He was in the, you know, they were doing that thing. And Eddie got murdered. And I just, like, that day I realized, I said, shit, man, it can end any day. I'm going to play what I want to play. Right. I had L5. I loved the way that felt. I loved the music I played on it. You know, I loved the scene I was in when I was playing it. The 335 just felt, I mean... When I heard Robin Ford do it, I or Larry Carlton do it, I thought it was great. You know, I'm, I had all those records. I'm, I mean, it wasn't like I didn't dig it. It's just like when I went to play, it just it, it was. I felt like I was faking, like I was doing it for the wrong reason. You know? Yeah. And I just kind of never looked back. You know? Really? I was. They, some guys make fun of me because I was. You know, I was one of the few guys that when you step on the distortion pedal, you know, yeah. I would get softer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 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 you know, it's like, oops, I guess that knob's supposed to be, you know, turn it a little bit more. Um, yeah, but I, I, I definitely went through that whole time. And, you know, other guys are a lot better at getting sounds like that than me. Um, so let them do it. I mean, I, I, whatever, man, if it, whatever makes you happy and it's, yeah, do it. I just, I just think, um, you know, I want to sound like a tenor player, you know. I think that that's, you know, just have a nice sound, man. Yeah. Yeah, and, be, and you know, I mean, also, you know, I mean, the classic jazz guitar, you know, it's, it's very mid-rangey, oftentimes muffly, you know, to get that fat sound. But then, you know, I mean, a lot of my, my 
so many of my gigs were basically being the piano player in the band, you know, the right. pumper, chordal, and it's like that sound, You sometimes you just can't even hear what notes you're playing inside a chord. So that's why I've always kind of gravitated more to a brighter sound, just so I can hear the notes inside of voices, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, I actually dig though playing the. I I played with a group. Had a group with Steve Slagle for many years, uh, where it was just guitar, sax, bass, and drums. And I love being the the sole the harmonic uh, instrument. Yeah. <laughs> Something real nice about. I mean, it's good to play with piano, but I feel like when I play with a piano player, a lot of times that I become more of a horn player and just kind of pick my spots. You know, you don't want to like. Um, you know, right. You don't it, want to overcomp. No, nobody wants to hear all the clashing comping going on. You know, right, right. And you know, a guitar has a lot of brightness. I mean, you can yeah. hear a lot of treble in that sound. You know, I mean, it's not all dark. What chord? What chord is that? Uh, it's it's an E suspended. <laughs> yeah, suspone. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you, suspended. Well, you, you must have been pushing the brute back then to keep up with the the volume, right? Uh, are you talking about with the uh, when I was playing with Jack? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think they put a mic on it. You know. Oh right. Mm hmm. Yeah. And sometimes some clubs would have a a twin or something, but um, yeah. I mean, I was. I still like the 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 the, the, the polytones, but uh, they're notorious for not working, and that's something that you kind of always hope, you know, when you're on a gig that things work. Yeah, that's not. Nice. It's, it's it's not a lot to ask, but I mean, it's. It seems to be sometimes the way it is, though. You know. Yeah. I remember Jack McDuff told me one time. He said, "Striker, if it ain't broke, it ain't mine." <laughs> 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 oh man, God! Every organ gig I've done, the organ player is in there with like a a, a nine volt battery shocking the motor. Or there's like the there's so many wires you can't even like imagine. Chewing gum on some mass connection, or you know, just like yeah. it was, it was endless to see what these guys would do. You know, to keep these things alive. Yep. Damn. So, so Dave, what are you doing these days? Well, obviously things have changed quite a bit, but. Normally, is it you teaching gig? Have you got that? Or well, I've been. Uh, I've, it's things have been going really pretty, uh, pretty nicely. You know, the last few years, I've been playing more and more with my own group and uh, traveling around. And um, at the beginning, as Bruce mentioned, I had a. I, I did this project called Eight Track, where I take tunes from the the 70s and i kind of jazzed them up put my own stamp on them and uh people you know would tunes by you know marvin gay or stevie wonder or uh curtis mayfield whatever and people kind of dug that you know because they they recognized the melodies of these tunes they knew and and uh so that 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 last last summer i had a a number one record for a while with uh, uh eight track three and you know i mean i would on the gigs i would mix in some of that tune with my own tunes and i still like to play standards and play around new york playing you know with different people and um go over to europe and italy and different places so you know things were 
we're going good. Uh, and in the last few years, I've been teaching at uh, a couple universities uh, at Indiana University. I've been out there now. This is my coming up on my eighth year. Wow. I would travel out there every other week uh, for a few days, um, and it was nice. Um, and I also Montclair State University here in uh, in New Jersey. And uh, recently, I just took over uh, for Vic Juris uh, to teach. Uh, I'm now the guitar guy at uh, Rutgers. So <coughs> I w- it was, you know, a lot of... Um, uh, and now, because of what's happened with uh, the gig situation, and I'm, I talked to we, Bruce and I were talking about this. We're I'm, we're grateful that we have the the teaching thing now because uh, I don't know when the it's going to take a while. I think for this to these gigs to start happening again, it's it's pretty uncertain times. Yeah, before you guys, you know it was hard to get people out to gigs now in the future there may no be no more people left <laughs> so yeah everyone might die off and then it'll be yeah, like we're, we're, as musicians we're like cockroaches now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go that'll be good it'll be just like the old days <laughs> yeah but, but are, you, are you teaching all those schools online dave are you yeah i finished out this last uh, semester like you did, probably, uh, all online. Does it look like you're going to do that again for the first semester? Uh, it's probably going to be a combination. I I think we're all waiting to see what's going to happen. And uh, isn't that the truth, right? Mm, you're right. How <laughs> uh, many things can happen in the next month that will change the game? I know. and uh, But, you know, I'm glad we have music because music it can be a positive force you know it can i i got i just put out this record uh that i did with uh in cologne germany with the wdr big band uh and bob mincer arranged all the music and you know i was it was already paid for and in the pipeline to come out and then this all hit and i was like well should i just bag it you know and wait a year and i said what the hell you know people are sitting around
Yeah, there's always so much to do with music, man. It never ends. Yeah, it's great. You know, I'm uh, I'm grateful to very grateful to have this this music, man, and uh, appreciate you guys. You know, invite me on here to <laughs> shoot the shit for a while. Are you are you playing more at at because of everything going on, or playing less? Uh, well. More like you getting to spend more time on your instrument just for yourself now, or you know, it's yeah. There's definitely you know having all this time has been good, but you know also trying to use it right. You know, yeah. Uh, we ended up getting a a puppy, <laughs> <laughs> so I got my hands full you, with her. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, you know, it's it is strange. You know, I mean, it was we. You know, that's we've always played music and ton gigs and and uh so they kind of pulled the rug out there literally and um so that jesus christ It's coming. Okay, okay. We'll just say goodbye. What happened? Usually we could like extend it. They usually extend it, but I guess because we've used it a bit, they didn't. Ah. Bastards. Okay, maybe they're making them listening. Oh, you just said it correctly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, boy. That's it. You know what it is? I, I'm... It's, um... We need to, uh... I'm trying to keep it vintage in a little way. This is like if if it keeps cutting out, this almost gives it a vintage vibe. Well, Bruce and I are, you know, <laughs> Bruce and I are pretty vintage. Well, you know, I mean, you know, we're just going to have to pay more, I guess. But uh, wow, turn the lights on. Yeah. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. But so, yeah, we are. We got to figure out. We got to make use of this time because you know, this is it. This is the time we got, and we're jazz musicians, and we have to make up. These are the changes we got, right? Somebody says, okay, I got this tune. You're locked in your house for three, no no gigs. Make it up. What are you going to do, you know? It's no different than being on a gig and have somebody else play some weird changes on some other tune, you know, or have some strange sound you got to deal with or, you know, whatever, weird directions to a gig. I mean... We're, we're jazz musicians. This is our job. We're supposed to figure this shit out. And if it means getting our solo thing together, if it means writing more music, coming up with a new way to present it to people, that's what, that's really what this is about, right? Yeah. I mean, And don't get sick. 
You know, we, 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 we like to pride ourselves as being the creative ones. Right. Time to prove it. Well, that's inspiring words, Bruce. And uh, Even though they are full of shit. No, it's, it's, you're exactly right. And, uh, you know, the uncertainty that's out there, you know, we just got to try to stay positive, man, and be, be grateful for uh, that we have this outlet of music, you know to share you know it's it's uh we'll see what happens right dave where does where does everyone find your stuff where do we get your albums where do we where do we lock into dave striker uh i have a website you know dave you can get everything there i also have a band camp uh dave striker dot that has all my stuff and uh, i've actually put uh i resisted uh putting my stuff up on spotify i have up my own label for the last 10 years um and uh but i decided my son told me you got to put it on spotify that's how everybody's listening to music now so so i i uh, the last uh, the new records uh paul blue soul it's on spotify and uh, I've been making a lot of point oh 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 seven since. Um, well, meanwhile, the Spotify CEO is uh, on a yacht in the back of the Bahamas. Right. He's yeah. not worried about coronavirus. Yeah, fucking unbelievable. Except for he's drinking too much Corona. Right. You know? I was trying to, you know, I thought maybe by holding my music off of Spotify, I might sink him, but it. Apparently that didn't work. You know, they seem to be doing okay without uh, my yeah. product. Uh, you know, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you never, you never know. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I wish it was. I wish it was under better circumstances. How we're all getting together, but um, yeah. I really I, appreciate this, man. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Dave, and thank you. We played a tune with you. We played Stablemates. Are you gonna? Put that well. Maybe it'll even be out before this comes out. You know. Yeah, um, we played it. We got a somebody. One of my students is supposed to be putting a little. Uh, well, we call it. We call it a snippet. A is, snippet. It, is, it, is it? Is it? Did it work? I mean, is it possible to merge them? It's a snoop. It's a snoop. It's a snippet. So you'll. It, I'd you'll, rather snoop it. <laughs> snoop doggy snippet. Um, anyway. Uh, We'll do some more, Bruce. Yeah, that'd be good. Say anytime, man, and send me some more for the for the TV show. You know, we'll do. And be a recurring guest. You know, Troy. I mean? Troy, good to meet you, man, and uh, thanks for uh, having me on, you guys. Dave, it was an absolute pleasure, mate. Make sure you go to DaveStriker.com, check it out, and uh, you don't do any lessons online, right? You you, you got to go to school. Uh, actually, to I, have a, I have a I have a online site at ArtistWorks.com. Oh, oh okay, good. cool. Yeah, yeah, yep. And uh, so check me out there. Awesome. Okay, man. Well, thanks. Keep swinging, Dave. Thank you. Thanks, Bye Dave. Now, See you All guys. right, man. Take care. See you, mate. Bye-bye.